Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Dave DeFore, and as we have well established, it is not a Utah Jazz podcast, period, much less at the Athletic, without the best writer in, I don't know, at least uh, at least in Utah, at least in Salt Lake the, City. I don't know. I don't best, know a lot of people in Utah. The best writer on this podcast? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's I'll about give you all. that. For sure. That's about it. That's about um, it. Second tallest guy on this podcast, Tony Jones. I am taller than you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I got a little okay. Okay. All right. So there's only been one game since uh since the last show, and uh it was against the Blazers, and they looked pretty good. I, I think that um maybe that Pelicans game could have been the spark that this team was looking for to right the ship. Because, look, the Trailblazers, they're not very good, but they're better than than they showed against Utah, I think. Okay, so did you think that game was a product of the Jazz being good or Portland just being really bad? I think it was a little bit of both, but I, I think Utah was responsible for a lot of how bad Portland was. I think yeah. Utah, I think Portland came out and guarded Utah with a really faulty schematic with a really faulty scheme and the Jazz just took it apart. Uh-huh. Like they tried yeah. to they they tried to blitz every pick and roll. So you know they blitzed every pick and roll and then the Jazz basically just passed out of the double team, hit the short roll, swung the ball to the corners and got like a wide open corner three every time. It it's wild what happens, Tony when this Utah Jazz team moves the ball. They they hit 41% of their threes. Yeah. In the game. They hit 41% of their threes. They kind of you know, they kind of snowballed Portland especially in the second half in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just weird like they just like I I got to say it. I I just got to say it. It's a stale team. 
It's a really well, stale team. <laughs> but if we're going to make this a Portland podcast, oh, I could go all I day. don't want to make it a Portland podcast. I'm just saying, man, like they got to blow it up. Uh, but, for sure. But, the, and, the, you know, you credit the Jazz for taking advantage of that. That's oh, I I'm agree. At. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that the first half from Gobert was very important, right? I, I yes. thought that he he really asserted himself in the middle. I don't know what's – I mean, you want to talk about blowing it up. Nurkic looks awful, and Gobert just absolutely worked him in this game. And, again, this is that thing with the ball movement. Everyone is better when that ball is hopping around, even Donovan Mitchell. Because Donovan Mitchell, he looked fresher down the stretch than he had in some of the previous games. Yeah, right? especially like, in that third quarter when he kind of took over. Yeah, he had legs a little bit later in the game that that normally are his like second quarter legs. And, and again, this is that the ball movement, beautiful game offense. It's Quinn Snyder wants them moving the ball. I, I it's funny that that the players keep coming out and saying, "Well, we're great when we move the ball." And it's like, I know what the coach is telling you. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, you know, here they are moving the ball and and actually, you know, putting together I thought it was again Opponent aside, it was a, a complete performance that we hadn't seen from them in a few weeks. Like even that Pelicans game, I'm gonna throw that out the window because the Pelicans were on the second night of a back to back and it was an emotional victory for the Pelicans in the first game, right? They they didn't expect yes. to win. And I think that they were a little bit tired and a little bit blown up, and Utah was maybe a little bit extra motivated, a little bit angry for that second game. But this one could have been a letdown and they didn't let themselves down. I think that's important. Well, I, I think um, I, I think that you know this next week is going going to uh, tell us a little bit about where the Jazz are right now. Like, okay, you look at their record: the fourteen and seven. Um, they're in the third spot in the West. In the in the West, you look at um, you look at the numbers. You know, they're they're top three in offensive efficiency, so they're really really good offensively. Um, but then like, look at this next trip. It's funny because when you looked at the, the jazz schedule in August and you look at this trip that's coming up and you say, Oh, Cleveland, that's a win. Oh, Minnesota, that should be a win. Oh, you know what? Philadelphia, that's probably, um, that's probably a loss. It's, it's on the second night of a back-to-back. Oh, Washington. Oh yeah, you're fine. That should be a win right now. The irony of the whole thing is that Philly's probably your worst team of four on this upcoming road trip. Um, and I wouldn't go that far. Now that Embiid's back, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, they Embiid was back and they scored eighty-eight points last night. Okay, but uh, on average, I, I think I, I'll lean toward them being better than they've been. I mean, Embiid's going to be better by the time Utah plays them. But your point—I mean, the point you're making is, yeah, nothing's easy. They lost a game yeah. to the Pelicans at home, man. Look, the NBA right now, there's so much parity that yeah. unless you're the upper echelon of of elite, which to me is you know Milwaukee, Golden State, and Phoenix, man, if you don't show up on both ends every night, you, you stand a chance of losing against any team. And I think Utah has a chance to be in that upper crust group, uh, maybe not with record at this point just because – Golden State and Phoenix have just taken off so fast, but they certainly can can reach that level of play, but we just haven't seen it yet this year. 
We're seeing right. it out of Gobert, or, and I think or we're oh, we certainly haven't seen it consistently. Exactly. Yeah, we so, see it out of uh, guys here and there. Like I, I think Mitchell has gotten there a f- more nights than he hasn't. I think Gobert has been there every night. I mean, and you've made the argument that he's playing the best basketball of his career. Gobert, nice. Gobert is playing the best basketball of his career. <laughs> it would be nice right. if the rest of the team could could catch up, right? I mean, because what he's doing, like, look, he's top five in the league in block shots. He leads the league in rebounding. He's eleventh he, in per. He's a double double machine, and again, they did not really upgrade their perimeter defense, and yet Utah's defense still pretty good. Got a great net rating, especially when he's on the court. It'd be nice if the rest of the guys could could kind of catch up, and and not necessarily with the level of play, but the consistency of the play. That's the issue. Is how do the Jazz? Find consistency. Now, I want to ask you how you feel about Joe Ingles as a starter. Is that the path to consistency for this team going forward? Um. So the the easy answer is no, because he's not going to be a starter. Um, you know, they're not going to take Royce O'Neal out of the starting lineup, and like that's that's not a consideration. So. You know the easy the easy answer is no. The hard answer is it's clear that he plays better minutes as a starter than when he does coming off the bench, and I attribute that to he plays more of his minutes with Rudy Gobert. And you know the thing with Joe Ingles is if he if he's playing to his strengths, he looks like one of the ten best small forwards in the leagues. If he's not playing to his strengths, he kind of looks washed at times, right? So. When he's playing with Rudy Gobert and he's getting separation off the pick and roll, you get him separation off the pick and roll, you get him going downhill. He's literally one of the best players in the league at making decisions going downhill off the pick and roll in terms of, you know, getting all the way to the rim, laying it up or finding Gobert or finding somebody in the diagonal corner or finding somebody in the short corner or finding somebody above the break. If you get go, if you get Joe Ingles separation, off that pick and roll, um, he's going to make the right decision nine out of every 10 possessions. So, you know, that's why he looks so good with Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert is the best pick setter in the league. Um, but then again, I mean, you just can't take Royce on the uh, starting lineup because he's too important to what you do. If you keep him in the starting lineup, who do you have to guard on the perimeter? Or if you take him out of the starting lineup, who do you have to guard on the perimeter? And the other thing is the Jazz want to keep going, keep keep Ingles' minutes down um, because they they want him fresh in the playoffs. You know, so the easy answer is, you know, Ingles is just not going to be a starter, um, you know, when, when this team is fully healthy. You know, the harder answer is um, Ingles looks better as a starter than, than, than he does coming off the bench. And honestly, Royce O'Neal looks better as a starter because Royce, as a fifth guy, um, you, you know that that starting lineup needs a not a low usage guy in the lineup, and that's what Royce is. He's he's a guy that does not need the basketball in his hands uh, in order to be an effective basketball player. So, um, you know, it's 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 almost as if the Jazz just have six starters, um, but you know. I think the the answer is the true answer is I think 
the Jazz need to get Joe Ingles as many minutes as possible with Rudy Gobert in the lineup. And if they do that, then you can balance bringing him off the bench with him being able to play to his strengths. You almost have to think of him more as a backup to Donovan and Mike Conley, you know, instead of thinking of him backing up on the wing where, you know, our head tends to go. And because of that pick and roll, because you do want to get him those go bear minutes. And I also wonder maybe him and Rudy Gay might have some, some pick and roll uh, with, with sort of two similar guys, right? Like they could actually do some inverse with, with, I mean, Joe Ingles setting some screens and, and pops, you know, I, I do think that there's there's stuff you can do with with angles, but you're right. Gobert's screen setting just opens up so much for him, and also like Gobert's ability to roll hard to the basket, because there's just not many guys that can do that, including you know the guys on this roster. There's just nobody else. So I, I that is a something to watch going forward. How they maximize Joe Ingles is not going to necessarily determine their season. But it's certainly going to determine how easy the postseason can be for them. Because if they can really, right. they can figure this out by the time they get to April or May, then you've got a second unit that could potentially be led by Joe Ingles, and you're sneaking rest for Conley and, and Mitchell and you know whoever else is is going to be off the court, and you know you're going to have a, a high level, you know one A or or one B guy out there distributing out of the pick and roll who can shoot. So. Um, Joe Ingles super important. They just they just don't have a replacement, so they got to figure that out. They got to get him going, coming off the bench, and that's the solution. Although I do worry though, what if some of some of the play that we see out of him as a starter is because you know he's getting old, he's just more warm at the start of a game. Is that have you asked him that? Well, the the thing is, I mean the the play the the you know he's he's looked 200 times better as a starter than he has coming off the bench like he's he's looked old and worn coming off the bench and then you put him in the start then you know the jazz put him in the starting lineup for a couple of games and he looked like you know he looked as good as he's ever looked like he looked like himself and you know and and you know the the ball he got the ball popping you know the thing and and this is why there's a conundrum for me, right? The thing that he bought to the starting lineup was when he got into the starting lineup, the ball popped, the ball moved. The reason why Donovan Mitchell looked so fresh uh, in the second half was because uh, Ingles took a lot of the playmaking responsibility and he got the ball moving. So when Donovan was scoring against Portland, he wasn't scoring off a four and five dribble combination. Nations. He was scoring off of catch and shoots. He was scoring off and catch and then attacking closeouts. And, you know, he was scoring off of like minimal dribbles. So when he had to score, when he had to put, put together some isolation, uh, some isolate, uh, some isolation possessions in the second half, he was fresh because uh, in the first half, he didn't handle the ball as much when he handled the ball, you know, he was shooting the ball. You know, so that that's that's where the conundrum for me comes in. But you know, it you just I just don't think you could take Royce O'Neal out of the starting lineup. He's he's just too important uh, to what the Jazz do defensively, 
Uh, he's too important as a spacer and, you know, and just as somebody who, um, and, and just as, as somebody who, who's able to, to, to thrive as a fifth option, because I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't know if you bring Royce off the bench, if you're playing him as much to, to, to what his strengths as a basketball player are. I think, I honestly think he's better as a starter uh, than he is coming off the bench. Yeah, well, and you need you need his defense, big time, and, and he's not yeah. like a lockdown guy, but he he's as close as you've got to a guy who who can lock anybody down. So, uh, I, I'm with you there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You wrote a great story that uh, came out today. We're recording on Thursday, December 2nd. Came out on The Athletic, so everybody go and check this out. About Donovan Mitchell and the stuff that he's been doing in Utah and Salt Lake City off the court. And, of course, We've all been following along with, uh, you know, the social justice movement and how the NBA has been involved. But in particular, Donovan Mitchell, his closeness to the Breonna Taylor situation, because, of course, he went to Louisville and it has resonated with him strongly. And then some of the things that have been happening in and around Salt Lake City and, and greater Utah that Donovan Mitchell has been involved in that I didn't even know about. I mean, some of this education stuff that he's been doing, going out, meeting community leaders and, and educators and all of these other things, this was news to me. I want to say thanks for reporting on, you know, this guy being just a good citizen. This is awesome to see, especially with the league I cover. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, one of these things where, first of all, the reporting of the story, just we started reporting on the story, me and Chris Camrani, um way back in june and you know so this was has been a long and 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 an exhaustive process um but it's been a rewarding one um you know it's it's you know it it was rewarding to see um just the reaction of it on, on social media um but you know donovan you know he he's he's always felt strongly uh, about, you know, on social, social issues and, and social justice. Um, and, you know, and for better or worse, you know, he has, you know, figured out that he has a platform and that he just wanted to use this platform and he is going to speak on his platform and he's going to be resilient, uh, in speaking on that platform. Um, and you know, and 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 honestly, the state of Utah needs it because it it is it has been you know one thing after another after another, uh, in 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 the last five years, um, and you know, and and honestly, 
you know, it's, it's, it, he, Donovan is unique because, you know, it's, it's, he's a unique demographic uh, relative to the state of Utah. Um, he's a unique voice relative to the state of Utah. And he's unique as a jazz player because, you know, it, it, there's never been a combination of a level of player that Donovan is um, to and and somebody that's willing that's been willing to speak out like Donovan has been. You know, in reading this, I couldn't help but feel like he sees himself as a part of the community there. Do you feel the same way about him? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you don't invest yourself in something that you don't see yourself as a part of, right? Like, you know, I'm not going to invest myself in the Dallas Cowboys because I am not a part of the Dallas Cowboys. I invest myself in the Washington football team. Wait, are you a part of the Washington football team? Yes, in spirit. Okay. There you go. But but what I mean is just, is that is that rare for players of the jazz to approach the community in this way? I mean, I know that it's not the most welcoming environment. Like we know the reputation, although I don't want to let a few outliers ruin the entire, you know, Salt Lake city, Utah jazz fan base. I I hate to do that, but we know the reputation and it does seem like, again, from just reading what he has to say, this stuff is all personal to him because he does see himself as a part of that community. And it feels real. Like there's nothing fake about it. Yeah, let's let's examine that a little bit, right? Like, so when I was growing up, um, I, you know, my mom, um, you know, we were moving to a the city or different city, and I said, "Is that a good city or a bad city?" And you know, she said, "You know, there's good and bad people everywhere," and that's true. There's good and bad people. Everywhere you go, you can go to Missoula, Montana, and there's good people there and there's bad people there. Um, There's good and bad. There's positive and negative about every situation. So, you know, for me, you know, living in in Utah, um, my experience has been, you know, mostly overwhelmingly positive in terms of in terms of my experience in living in Utah. And I'm sure Donovan will tell you the same thing. But these these instances, um, you know, they they shine a light because, you know, there's so few black people in Utah. Like, you know, there's out of three point two million residents, you have one percent you have one percent black people in Utah. So, you know, when you look at incidents of 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 racism or incidents of bullying and uh, in, in terms of people of color, you know, it, it does stand out. And it's something, you know, it, this is not, for me, it's not a black thing or a white thing or a people of color thing. It's a human thing. You know, you got to be good humans to people. Like, you got to be a better human than to bully a 10-year-old girl. And I'm talking about Izzy Tishner, you know, a bully a 10-year-old autistic girl. Um into thinking that her only way out is suicide and you got to be a you know just a better human being to you know think of some of the legislature some of the legislation uh that's going on in the state that you know that 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 prohibits you know that prohibits the state from being inclusive all inclusive so you know it's 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 a human thing that i think that you know that we're 
honestly we're coming up short on and that's what makes me sad more than anything because i have you know i have a 12 year old daughter i have 17 year old daughter i'm worried about the world that you know they're going to be living in especially the 17 year old she's she's in her senior year of high school and you know she's going to college next year so what world am i sending her into and then you you know you just look at a lot of the incidents that that have happened and you know i, I just think that things just need to, to 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 get better i mean i think we can all agree with that and i love that donovan mitchell is trying to make things better this is at the end of the day isn't this what we want especially from people with privilege which donovan mitchell is a professional athlete who who's making great amount of money and, and there is a privilege and a platform that comes with that and so hey i i really applaud him for using it and and using it to benefit other people not just to make himself look good i i, I really loved this story tony it was it was great it's great to see like it was just nice to read somebody trying to be a good person yeah and and it was a it, you know myself and, and chris chris you know chris camrani did just an incredible job uh, on this story. And, you know, I think we both did a really good job of, of working with each other and, and weaving together, you know, what we wanted to say, uh, into, into a call and to, you know, making it coherent all the way through. And I think that, you know, and, and I think that, um, and, and I want to, you know, not a one pod. I, I want to thank my editor, the, the lead editor on the piece, Bobby Clay, um, um, you know, who, you know, um, who, who really did uh, exhaustive work on, on this story as well. So, you know, it's a story that, that I think that, you know, needed to be told. And I think we're, we're lucky that Donovan was willing to, to, uh, to, to help us tell it. Um, and the people that, you know, we, we had in the story, I mean, those were important voices and, you know, and, and, you know, unique voices. And, you know, I just hope that whoever reads the story, um, you know, gets something out of it. And, you know, and, and, and I hope this story, you know, not only, you know, I just hope the story helps people. Yeah. And again, go to the athletic.com slash game notes and sign up if you haven't. Or just go to theathletic.com and and search Tony Jones. I mean, actually, it's the lead story on the NBA site right now. So I'm not sure if it'll still be when you hear this podcast, but it won't be hard to find because I think this story is going to resonate. And it already has resonated with me. And, I mean, Tony, we were talking about it before we started recording. You're, you're the best writer that I know right now. I mean, you're just at the top of your game, Tony. So you and Marcus Thompson keep keep going back and forth. I, I'm I'm ready to see what he's writing next. Clay, is, he look, got me with that clay story. I was I, sitting. Can I tell you? Can I tell you how much of a role Marcus Thompson is on? Like that's he's 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 the Steph Curry, he's the Steph Curry of journalism right now. Look, don't tell him this, but I was reading that story because I was catching up on stuff. I was sitting in a restaurant alone, ah, uh, tears in my eyes reading about Clay Thompson. Yeah, and I must have looked, I don't know, like I had gotten broken up with or something, but. Uh, it was a, be- it was a beautiful there, story. Nice and alone. 
and I, I was like, oh, Marcus just wrote about Clay. And then I saw what it was. Oh, man, broke my heart. But in a way that only Marcus can do. It was very beautiful. And, and I highly recommend going and reading that too, even though Marcus isn't on here. Um, but everybody, go read Tony. Set up alerts on the, on the app for Tony. So every time he drops a new, a new dime, you know where it's at. Uh, Tony, you got anything else? No, nah, man, I'm just ready to uh, start the road trip, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a uh, very interesting trip. Yeah, Boston tomorrow, and then you're flying off to Cleveland. Yeah, uh, great time to be in Cleveland. That's gonna do it for this week, folks. Don't forget, go to theathletic.com/slash/game-notes, sign up, support the show. For Tony Jones, I'm Dave DeFore. We'll catch you guys next week on another episode of Game Notes. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.